Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Heard, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the business of sports. We're in a situation that we haven't dealt with in modern times. The pandemic here has really accelerated the investments that we've been advocating for for years. From a macro standpoint, I think our sport industry is really forced to look at the business a little bit differently. In-depth conversations with the leaders in the sports industry. Who wants to be the sacrificial lambs that shows up at the first big major sporting event? We're part of something much bigger than sport right now, and the health and safety of our stakeholders is what's most important. Every moment, I think we're all from a business perspective thinking about the impact that the virus is having across the country. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. I'm Michael Barr and you're listening to the Business of Sports. We're here Mondays, Wednesdays and Thursdays to explore the big money issues in the world of sports and talk to some of the biggest players in the industry. Today is always one of my favorite days because we're talking fantasy football. And uh, let's talk about, uh, first we're going to start with Rich Truman, who uh, has a weekly fantasy football column that comes out every Thursday this season on the terminal. Very good. Also with us, Bloomberg Intelligence's Damian Sassauer. There's a lot to talk about, but Rich, first, I want to talk about your golden pick. You picked Justin Jefferson, Minnesota Vikings wideout. You said, look out for this guy, and you hit it the nail on the head. Who do you have this week? Well, let's talk about... My great call, first of all. I don't, I, I don't go for the chalk like Damien. I'm not going for the chalk with the Mahomes. My article is based on value plays. People, I think, are going to have a really good game. And obviously, with Justin Jefferson's nine catches, 166 yards, and two touchdowns, he exceeded even my wildest imagination. For this week, I'm going for another music clue. Reggie Bazil, hit it. Any guesses, gentlemen? So Michael Easton? No. Damien? Uh, I'm, I'm, well, no, it's got to be a last name Jackson, but, I mean, how many of them are there in the NFL? I'm going with Justin Jackson, Ooh. Chargers running back, playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville has been getting shredded 
on the ground lately, including to Michael Barr's Detroit Lions last week, who had about 180 yards yeah, total rushing. Yeah. He looks like he might be the number one running back over Austin Eckler since Eckler was out. Uh, so that's my value play of the week, Justin Jackson. Let's talk about you played. <laughs> you played Damian Sassauer this week in our league. How'd it go, Rich? I had I felt very comfortable going into the Monday night game. I had Zeke going, I had Travis Kelsey going, and I had uh, McCall Hardman of the Chiefs going. Damian had Beasley, and he had um, Amari Cooper. I felt pretty comfortable because we were pretty close going in the game. But Coleman had a zero, Zeke had fumbleitis, and I, I lost to Damian. Yeah, at Zeke fumbled twice. He put the ball on the ground, which surprised me. I got to tell you, that's not as bad as my other league that I'm in. I lost by one point. Uh, I had my Kansas City kicker miss an extra point on Monday night, oh, yeah. and then I had Josh Allen throw an interception at the end at the end of the game in the last drive, and I lost by one point. And that's the one where if you the kicker misses, you get deductions, right? Well, in that league, I don't, but I would have had an extra point, yeah, so yeah. I, at least I would have tied. But anyway. Enough about I, I mean, I have to just jump in here, guys. You know, I mean, you play the game to win each week, you know. So even though, you know, Rich has amassed this all-star lineup on his fantasy team, it's a week-to-week uh, it's a week-to-week thing. So, you know, you could have used just, Justin Jefferson this week, um, but, you know, you didn't have him, and so that's the win for me. I mean, let's focus on some of the stand-up performances, shall we? Derrick Henry, Julio Jones bouncing back, even a gentleman named... A.J. Green, who had eight receptions for 96 yards. So, you know, it's nice to see some of those old receivers coming back and putting points up on the board. Anybody get clobbered with Kenyon Drake? Win or lose? Damien? Not me. I mean, I, you know, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't really focused on the Arizona game unless your name is uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who let a lot of people down alongside Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. It's amazing those three receivers combined put up, I think, about 10 receptions for, you know, just over 100 yards. But the guys who really disappointed, you named one, Zeke Elliott. I mean, those two fumbles killed the Cowboys. But also Kareem Hunt, you know, I mean, in place of the injured Nick Chubb and, and, and a gentleman by the name of Alexander Madison, who a lot of people had thought was going to have a big, big game in, in replace of Dalvin Cook, all sort of underperformed in week six. Well, let's talk about something very important. I won. And it is now, <laughs> I'm now five and one. We're now down to a three-way tie in our league. It, it's, it's getting rough out there. So. And, and, and you're playing me this week, uh, Michael, and, and, and that should be a win for you. I'm, I'm going to gift it up here because Miles Sanders is on the shelf, so you know I'm losing a running back. Fortunately, I was able to pick up Scott on waivers, but it's not going to do that much, I don't think, although they do have that favorable matchup versus the Giants. Speaking of New York football, Michael, there's only one team left with oh. zero wins in the NFL. And that's my favorite team, unfortunately, the New York Jets. So, you know, the reality is with only three teams that are left undefeated now that Green Bay lost, the focus is on who plays the Jets every week because you definitely want to be starting their defense. Well, <laughs> yeah, it, it, that brings up a lot of points. It, let me let me get back to I want to get back to the Jets in a second. But you also brought up Miles Sanders. So, guys, I'm going to ask you, Rich, does that put Corey Clement in play for running back for Philly? Well, Scott, I think, is the more popular waiver pickup that Damian had. You know, but I got to give the Giants a little credit this year. Their offense has been disappointing, but their defense has been pretty good against the run. So, I I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't be so crazy to play either one of the Philadelphia running backs, to be honest with you. What do you think, Damian? 
No, I don't disagree. I mean, we have a limited waiver pickup. I mean, we we carry large rosters in this this league, and you know, when somebody goes down, you got to do what you got to do. But you know, I, I have strong receivers. I'm going to rely on the strength of Cooper, Devontae Adams, a gentleman by the name of Henry Ruggs III, who's coming now back, um, and he should be finally healthy. I'd love to see what he does against Tampa Bay on Sunday afternoon. By the way, uh, speaking of other running backs, uh, Raheem Mostert, San Francisco. He's going to yeah. be out for about three, four weeks. I have him on my R league. That's that's that the one you lost by a point? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Too soon. I'm sorry. <laughs> what about, Salt in the wound, Mr. Barr. What, what about Jeff Wilson? What do you think? Is he, is, is he in play? Or or for that matter, like I mentioned, Jamichael uh, Hasty. Or McKinnon. McKinnon got the bulk of carries when Moster was out earlier this year. So I, if I had to pick a 49 running back, it would be McKinnon. But you know what's also interesting? Did you see Debo Samuel the other day? Yeah. He had six catches for 66 yards and a touchdown, and every catch that he had, I believe at least five of them, he going in motion, the Garoppolo throwing a one-yard toss to him, it was really like a one-yard pass each time he was in the game. He had They used him because he's a great runner, and they have him going in motion. He had six catches that way, just a, a simple toss going across the middle. And speaking of Garoppolo, who had a stinker the previous week before, looked great this past weekend uh, and Damien of course I didn't play him uh, I because uh, I had uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick in and now there's the news that uh, uh, Tua Tagovailoa will now be the starter for the Miami Dolphins so what do you do if you are Ryan Fitzpatrick owner? Well, you get traded to the Cowboys. I mean, did you hear the rumors about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I think I, I, I think Fitzy still has value, especially if he does wind up in a place like Dallas. But, you know, we can't ignore the big news. Mr. Michael Thomas returning to the New Orleans lineup this week against Carolina. And, look, you know, we've also got Levy and Bell who's probably going to, you know, play a bit in, in Kansas City as the third down back. And, you know, we mentioned this last week on, on the podcast, getting out of Adam Gase's offense has rejuvenated the prospects of people like Drake and Tannehill and Robbie Anderson. So despite the fact that he's probably number three in a running back by committee, I'd like to see Levy and Bell do something this week. And, Rich, I have Clyde in my other league which has to hurt his value with Le'Veon Bell going to Kansas City. Well, certainly didn't hurt it last week because the the team that I lost my one point with, they had Kelsey and CEH on Monday night, and that's the game I lost by a point. He looked great, but the one thing, he's very he, – he, he doesn't score many rushing touchdowns at all, and I think that's where Le'Veon Bell is going to be used right. a lot. I think he's going to be used inside the 10-yard line a lot and in third down uh, running back uh, passing plays. By the way, before we go on, guys, uh, learn the league's rules. <laughs> Let me tell you what Rich did. This is how he got back on me. Uh, in our league, usually the waiver wire pickups are today, which is a Wednesday. And as I'm coming out of the booth after a newscast, he said, uh, "You see anybody that you did you get anybody on the waiver wires?" I said, uh, "Well, yeah, I put in for." Uh, you know, Sam Darnold, because that's all that was left out there for another quarterback to replace Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not knowing that the waiver wire pickups didn't go in yet. They go in tomorrow. I gave my whole strategy to Rich <laughs> right then. 
that's that's called stupid. <laughs> it's well, like, you know, the only stupid thing there is picking up Sam Darnold. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. I mean, look, you know, there's one name if you want to talk quarterbacks that we absolutely have to mention because I, I just can't believe it. But you know, Justin Herbert is projected yes. to be by most fantasy sites and most statisticians as being the number one quarterback this upcoming week in Week Seven versus Jacksonville. That's more than Wilson. That's more than Allen. That's more than Mahomes. So you know, keep an eye on Justin Herbert, and that kind of fits nicely into the. Uh, Justin Jackson call for Mr. Truman's value pick of the week. Uh, I do have Justin Herbert in our league, which I will be playing this week. See, I, and I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It's what about now? He's got to throw it to somebody, so that means you got wideouts. So what about uh, in Jacksonville? What do you think? Are we looking at a uh, Keenan Cole? You know, Minshew is rumored to be close to getting benched. That Jacksonville offense has been a disaster the last couple of weeks. It's, you know, one week it's Cole, one week it's Chark. Right. You know, it's it's kind of potluck with those Jacksonville receivers. I've been disappointed with Chark, but uh, Damien, what are you thinking? Yeah, you know, I make it a point to stay away from uh, Jag- Jacksonville, uh, Cincinnati, the New York Jets, even the New York Giants this year. I mean, just seeing one of them on my rosters gives me the uh, gives me the heebie-jeebies. So, you know, I, I tend to stay away from it as well. But, you know, I, I didn't hear that about Gardner Minshew and the possibility of him getting benched. That would definitely change the fantasy prospects for somebody like a DJ Chark. Speaking of your New York Jets now, I want to talk about survivor pools real quick. <laughs> because it, it, I was reluctant to play the Miami Dolphins against the Jets. Because it, it's always that it, the mathematical equation a lot of people were on Miami and uh, if some surprise came out with the Jets they would be knocked out of the survivor pool and I played Baltimore which hung on to win but I didn't have to worry about that because New England was playing Dallas and the other half of left that was left in the survivor pool played New England and they got knocked well, out New England played De- New England played Denver Denver I said I'm sorry I said Den- uh, yeah the other D team <laughs> and uh Denver Denver beat them and uh, we lost like half the field in that. So do you have any picks you're thinking about a survivor pool? Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. I, I mean, I don't think you sleep on Buffalo. I think you take Buffalo against the Jets and you take that all the way to the bank. I mean, you could look at Kansas City versus Denver, which is another uh, big spreader, or even to a lesser extent, Jacksonville versus the Chargers. But you know, I think I think you got to take Buffalo this week. And there there really aren't that many um, you know wide spreads in uh, in a survivor pool this week. So you know, I mean, 
take a step back, you know, look at those high-scoring affairs also, though. Anytime you have a high-scoring affair, which you might see in a, in, in a matchup like Carolina-New Orleans, despite the fact that there's a seven-and-a-half-point spread, you know, I'd, I'd be hesitant to take New Orleans just because with points flying off the board like that, it really sends a message to a survivor player. So, I, yeah, no, I, I definitely like Buffalo at the Jets this week for sure. You know, that, that brings me to a point. I looked at the over and unders today. Yeah. There are 14 games this weekend. Seven of the games are over 50 points over and under. And I don't ever recall there being so many high-scoring games as there are this year. What do you, what do you think, Damian? I mean, we, we've had a few like that. We've had some weeks where you've had eight or nine. I mean, I keep track of this, you know, religiously, and you're absolutely right. I mean, this year, more so than any other year, you're seeing 50-plus over-unders, and what you're seeing is 55-plus over-unders. I mean, I think they're 57 points expected in Green Bay-Houston this week, another 57 in De- Detroit-Atlanta, so and um, Seattle, 56 points in Seattle-Arizona. Yeah. I mean, those are huge, huge over-unders. You know where they're not expecting a lot of points? In the NFC least, unless you're playing the Cowboys. I was doing some statistical work today for my article. The NFC East, a total of five wins between the four teams in the NFC East. And keep in mind that one of those teams will win the division and host a playoff game. Under 500, probably. Oh, definitely under 500. But there could be a team with six wins hosting a playoff game against a team that might have 10 wins. That's criminal. The Giants could technically win the division. with one. They only have one win right now, and they could technically win the division. I mean, that's – if you remember several years ago when Seattle was under 500 and, yep. they were, and we were like – I think they played New right. Orleans and they upset them, right? Yeah, yeah. This, this is <laughs> – I, there ought to be a rule on that. It's like I'm sorry. I, 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 I don't. I, let me move on to tight ends here. Uh, Zach Ertz out for several weeks. Uh, I just I, in my other league, I just picked up Dallas Goddard, yeah. who was injured earlier this season for right. the Eagles. So I'm hoping he might fill in. But Zach Ertz, who I have in my other league, probably has been the most disappointing player that I can think, besides injury, this year in fantasy football for me. Damian, what happened to him? I mean, well, you know, I mean, look, you know, I mean, it, tight end's been a really tough position. I mean, you look at Kittle one week, he barely puts up any points. Then last week, he absolutely kills it, you know. So, I mean, tight ends are, are notoriously difficult to gauge. And, you know, I just made a trade in one of my other leagues um, last week where I traded Mark Andrews for, for Waller. And the reason for that is simple. Andrews has a lot of touchdowns this year. I think he has four or five already. Um, Waller doesn't have many at all. But Howard gets a lot more targets. And, you know, in a PPR league such as this one, I think, I think you just want opportunities, you know. So I like tight ends that are in the right offensive scheme that are going to get opportunities. You would have thought Zach Ertz would have been that guy. He has not been. So, you know, Zach Ertz has been a real disappointment for fantasy owners this year. And another reason I like your trade is because the Ravens' defense is a lot better than the Raiders' defense. So they won't need to throw as much as uh, as the Raiders I agree. Do. And speaking of the tight ends, one week great, one week not, Mike Kosicki. Yes. Zero points left <laughs> yes. for the Dolphins. Yes, guess who owns him? I still won. <laughs> A big, fat, goose egg burger. That was zero. See, this is what I had to, obviously I couldn't play Waller. And so I had to play. I, I thought guys, it was going to be a great play. Yeah, nothing. It's one of my value picks last week. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of value in that. By the way, uh, bye week. Four teams on the bye: Indianapolis, Miami, Minnesota, Baltimore. Get them out of your lineup if you have them in there, folks. So don't make a don't make a mistake that I did several years ago and 
thought a guy was in there and was not because it was on the bye, but that, that's another podcast. Uh, you can catch our podcast right here every Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. I'm Michael Barr on Twitter. I'm at Big Bar Sports. By the way, do not forget, because it is gold, folks, Rich Truman with his weekly fantasy football column. It comes out every Thursday this season on the terminal, and he has been on the money with a lot of his picks. And I don't want to tell him, but I, I did use one of them uh, a couple of weeks ago in my other league, but I, I didn't want to have him have the big hit. Uh, Damian You're Sass- one lost, Michael. <laughs> Blue Burns Intelligence, Damian Sassauer. Man, thank you, man. You guys are gold. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports, Bloomberg Radio, around the world. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Heard, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.